You're listening to Front Foot, a podcast brought to you by The Co. My name is Joshua Thomas, producer on the show and executive producer for podcasts at The Co. On today's episode, I talk to renowned sports writer Ayaz Memon about the 2003 ICC Cricket World Cup final where India faced off against Australia. Some of you might still remember the trauma we all experienced at the end of this match. Hi Ayaz. Today we're going to be talking about the 2003 ICC World Cup final which was one of India's worst um, defeats in, in to my memory. Um but India's journey to the to the final was pretty stellar. But before we come to the final there was one pool A match where India played Australia which was a low scoring match but uh, Australia won by a large number of runs. Were there any lessons from this match that might have changed the outcome of the final? Well, I mean, look, it turned out to be a disastrous campaign for India against Australia in in this match, the the Super Six match before the final, and then of course also the final. So you know, to being thrashed by nine wickets in the earlier match at the Centurion, and then the Bondra Stadium at Joburg to lose by 125 runs, just showed how dominant Australia were against India. And let's not forget that Australia were then the reigning champions. They had won in 1999, a formidable team. Just to kind of read out. the kind of players they had Adam Gilchrist Matthew Eden the opener Ricky Ponting captain at number 3 uh, devastating players if there ever there was one Damien Martin Darren Lehman Michael Bevan Andrew Simons Brad Hogg Brett Lee Glenn McGrath Jason Gillis I mean it's a, almost like a roll call of honor the only guy missing there actually was Shane Warne he was originally picked for this world cup but then had to pull out because uh, you know there was some banned substance that he took which he claimed late he claimed was for medicinal purposes or his mother had kind of put it by mistake into his water or whatever else he was consuming but be that as it may the icc ruled that he cannot participate in the world cup which is unfortunate for him more particularly than just for the team but even without shane won the great shane won the australians were a dazzling team and a deadly team it was not easy to beat them and india realized it their cost in this match at the centurion and then again in the final at bondrus johannesburg okay so leading up to the final were there any changes that were made to the team because almost all the matches india played we won by a large margin from what i saw and the sort of ganguly's captaincy play into any of this because i'm just curious whether all of it was just riding on tendulkar's shoulders i mean tendulkar tendulkar was the You no know, dominant player the dominant batsman of the of the tournament till of course he and everybody else was upstaged by the key ponting in the final but were they missing anybody look i think in the selection the problem for india was only at the start when there was a controversy about vvs lakshman not being included in the squad vvs lakshman had been in terrific form for india right from the year 1999 2000 making runs in australia in india in australia again and not just making runs making runs making huge scores and making them in great style the only thing which was held against him was that he had some knee problems so he wasn't the swiftest man on the field and it was thought that you know this might hurt india his is not being as quick on the field as limited overs cricket demanded so there was yuvraj singh there was mohammad kaif there was dinesh mongia there were all these young guys were coming apart from saurav ganguly tedulkar sehwag ravid the old guard so to speak you Sehwag wasn't really the old guard, but he had been around for a while. But Lakshman not being there had created a a flutter and a controversy. And when India didn't do really well at the start of the tournament, 
there was a lot of criticism about the selectors because Lakshman had been left behind. But then India picked up pace and started winning and winning handsomely and then beating most teams except, of course, Australia in this match at Century where we got licked. India got licked, having scored only 100, probably 125 and Australia reached that target in what? In just about 22. In the 23rd over, losing only one wicket. So, very comprehensive win for Australia in that match and that gave them a psychological hold, I would imagine, when the two teams met in the final. It gave Australia a psychological hold over India and it put India under pressure. Uh, well as they had played in other matches, including beating England and before that Pakistan and so on, running up against a formidable Australian team who they had lost to by nine, nine wickets earlier, obviously had a you know psychological aspect to it and it played out, I'll tell you how. And that perhaps is something that it's an interesting uh, lesson to remember. Even for for some, for instance, Saurav Ganguly, he won the toss in the final, and he chose to bowl first. Yes, there was a bit of a cloud cover over Joburg, but otherwise it was a flat track. And then he was a little concerned about if the wicket is fresh, what the Australian fast bowlers could do to his batting lineup. Because remember, in the earlier match when they met, India had been bowled out for 125, and that kind of played on his mind, and. He asked Australia to bat first in the final, hoping that, you know, the fresh wicket or uh, newish wicket kind of a thing, his bowlers would, would be able to exploit better. It didn't quite work out that way. In the final, Australia got off to a good start or a flying start through Adam Gilchrist and Matthew Hayden. And then, Ricky Ponting. It was just his show after that. 140 runs of 121 deliveries, hitting the ball to all parts of the ground, eight sixes in his in his innings. It was, if you were at the ground like I was, it was a sight to behold, the way he, he, he kind of batted. There was just nothing anybody could do to stop the flow of runs from his from his bat. And, I, and he, the bowling triggers, when you read it to the Indian bowlers in that match, Australia made 359 for two. Just two wickets fell and a scoring run rate of 7.18 which even now, 20 years later yes, many teams score 350 plus now, even 400 plus but at that point in time scoring over 5, 5.5, 6 6 runs per over was considered extremely difficult and look at the polling figures of I'll, I'll just give you the polling figures Zahir Khan 7, he had been the premier bowler of the tournament the highest we could take Zahir Khan 7 over 67 runs Jawagal Srinath, a seasoned bowler, fine bowler 10 overs, 7 runs. Ashish Nera, 10 overs, 57 runs. Harbhajan Singh, 8 overs, 49 runs. And so on. It just showed how dominant the Australian batting was against India's bowlers. And also how Saurav Ganguly had misread the pitch. Maybe the result of the final would have been the same. But if India had added first and notched up a score of maybe 300, 280, something, he would have had a fighting score. But when you're confronted with a score of 359, which you have to overall then the heart sinks and then when you lose Tendulkar in the, in the very first over when you lose Sachin Tendulkar who has been your mainstay then your heart not only your heart sinks but the team also sinks along with, with it so yeah I mean it turned out to be a no contest let's face it India finished with 234 thanks to Sehwag making 82 in his you know, swashbuckling style but not much else to commend from the Indian batting apart from 47 by Dravid and 24 by but not enough to to bring India anywhere close to 359. But all those batsmen, so uh, Sehwag, David, that you just mentioned, like after Sachin got out, because I remember that moment 
he had because Sachin had hit a four and everybody was cheering. And then that second ball he got caught out. And the batsmen, the batsmen that followed him, like they played to their best. In the face of that, how do you kind of keep your morale up or you keep the spirit going that okay, this is an impossible chase, but we gotta do the best that we can. I think the key when you're when you're chasing such a big score, three fifty nine to overall, you need very good partnerships at the top. That means your opening partnership or the second wicket partnership has to be really substantial. In this case, India lost their first wicket at four, which is Tendulkar, which is a major blow, and then the second wicket at fifty eight, Saurav Ganguly. So you might say yes, Saurav Ganguly and Chawal put on some runs, fifty something, but soon after that, Mohammad Kaif got out, and then you know when you're three down with what just about. 50-60 runs or 59 actually and you still got 300 runs to make it's a it's a you know Himalayan mountain to climb and as it happened that India just were not good enough and you have to give credit where it's due first to the Australian batting they were inspired they were in a you know completely their mental outlook was different and the way they played was really inspired fashion they were obviously intent on repeating their success of 1999 and take home the World Cup again and the way Glenn McGrath and Brett Lee bowled, you know, quick. One was hostile and quick, that is Brett Lee, he was a very fast bowler. And then Glenn McGrath, very clever, very canny. His tussles with Sachin Tendulkar always uh, is part of cricketing folklore. And he got Tendulkar in the first over. Shows how good Glenn McGrath was. And that day, of course, he got the better of Tendulkar. So overall, batting and in bowling, Australia were just too far ahead of India. And let's not, and just to add a footnote here, that Australia had won in 1999. Australia won in 2003 and then subsequently in 2007 they were to win the World Cup again so to complete a hat-trick of wins so that's how good the Australian team was and just on a side note what makes the Australian team so good like why are they almost unrivaled at least in this time is there something about what they do versus what we do that's different I mean certainly they have a very strong cricketing culture a strong competitive cricketing culture which other teams have started imbibing I mean India has learned so much from Australia over the years. Players like Dravid and Tendulkar and Ganguly used to covet scoring runs or taking wickets against Australia because they knew Australians were the benchmark. They were the best. It was always the dream of Indian players to go and beat Australia in Australia, which happened subsequently. After this World Cup, India went to Australia and beat Australia in 2004. Not in the series. And subsequently, many years later, in 2018, India beat Australia for the first time in Australia. And then again in 2020-2021, India beat Australia again, the second time running in Australia itself. So, India, in, and that was test cricket, of course. In between, India had beaten Australia in triangular ODI series and so on in, in T20 World Cup. But the point I'm trying to make is Australia was always seen as the benchmark and the level of excellence that they showed on the field was something that all teams across the world aspired to reach. And certainly the Indians did. Join us next week when we talk about India's performance in the 2007 Cricket World Cup where internal strife on the India side eventually secured our early exit from that tournament. This was the Front Foot Podcast with Ayaz Mib. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website www.thecore.in that is www.thecore.in Or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. 
If you like the podcast, do share it with friends and family and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good weekend and we'll be back next week.